0: And then there were ten teams in one trophy. The MLS regular season is over, and now it's time to get serious and look ahead to the playoffs. This is the SBI show.
1: I am Garrett cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. How's it going, man? Good, man. It's a uh, it's a good weekend. Uh, MLS season wrapping up. There's a ton of great European soccer action. If you were a soccer fan, there was there was plenty of good soccer to see, and we saw some dramatic games, some finishes, some teams step up, some teams definitely not step up, and there's plenty for us to talk about on this show. Yes, plenty to talk about. First thing, Ivis, that
0: we got to talk about is the MLS regular season. We talked about it. It's finally come to a close. Crazy that 34 weeks are now done and in the books, but now we get some playoff action, and we saw a little bit of playoff action already, Ivis, uh, with Seattle and LA Galaxy, Seattle coming out with the two-zero victory, they win their first supporter shield. But by far, was that was the best MLS game of the season. It had everything you wanted out of regular season game. At the very end, tons of playoff atmosphere, and uh, I-, I mean, I-, I wish that game was able to go into extra time. That was that game was so much fun to watch on Saturday. That was definitely
1: not the best game of the year. Oh yes, by it was. Any, Stop it by any measure. It was dramatic, yes. It had a lot on the line. You could, going into the game, you could say most important game, a regular season game in MLS history. But the game itself, from a quality standpoint, definitely not. But from a drama standpoint, uh, from a tension standpoint, uh, like uh, the- theater. It was great theater. Well, you, had... you
0: know me. I'm all about the drama. So, I mean, to me, that, that's why it's the best game <laughs> of the right. year.
1: Well, you could say the most dramatic game. You know, like We want to talk about quality. Soccer, where teams are combining and passing and, and creating good you know good chances, we're talking about that that for me that is w- what qualifies as the best. But this game had drama. It had the late finish. It had the uh, Seattle's rally. It had the 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 almost fist the cuffs, elbows flying, shoving all everything, all that other stuff. Um, it was a little anticlimactic from the standpoint of Robbie Keane uh, sitting the game out. But I don't think you know Seattle fans do not care. The, all they care about is the fact that their team has finally won a trophy other than the u s Open Cup, and this supporter shield I think really kind of legitimized legitimizes Seattle now as a league power as a team you have to put that much closer to being in that rarefied air of of league powerhouses uh open cups are great you know it's mm-hmm. nice to win them, but a supporter shield or an MLs cup that's that's just kind of a different level of accomplishment and credit to them great season it wasn't just a box one game but it was a really a, a great season for them and you know i wrote a column uh for goal over the weekend and pointed out the fact that think about a year ago uh people were calling for siggy schmidt's head a year ago it, you know they hit rock bottom fans seattle fans hit rock bottom with their team getting embarrassed in the playoffs and eliminated by the portland timbers their arch rival uh in portland uh, they had no they won no trophies last year so from that bottom now they turn it all the way around and go to the opposite end of the spectrum they've won their second trophy and they're in position to potentially win a third yeah you're exactly right they'd be
0: the first major league soccer team to win the treble, which would be quite an accomplishment for them. That's U.S. Open Cup supporters shield, and if they win the MLS Cup. But, uh, I mean, what impressed you the most out of this game, out of the Seattle Sounders in this one? I mean, I, I have just yet to say that for the majority of the match, I mean, all that matters is if the ball goes in the back of the net. But still, L.A. Galaxy looked efficient. They looked like they dominated the match. And a couple of mistakes by the L.A. Galaxy back line. I believe Marco Papa, to be free, really hurt them in this one. But, I mean, what what did you see out of the Seattle Sounders in this one uh, that really impressed you, for that-, that enabled them to get the victory in this game?
1: I mean, at the end of the day, it was some, some mistakes on L.A.'s part toward the end. Uh, obviously, you get Jaime Pinedo complete, completely crapping the bed, uh, getting stripped and and giving away that Marco Papa goal. And then, obviously, the second goal is an insurance goal. Uh, L.A., I thought, actually, considering what their game plan was. And it, for me, it looked like their game plan was uh, to keep it close, try to get a tie to help at least secure the number two overall uh, spot in the in the standings overall so they would make sure they host the mls cup if they get there uh it seemed like that was the game plan and you know if you can if they could you know snake a win a winning goal at the end or something that they could do that but when you sit Robbie keen it's pretty clear you're not you know the fo- focus is not on this game um, for Seattle, you know, they, to to their credit, I mean, they had zero shots in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they turned it on a bit more in the second half, but it it wasn't it really wasn't a pretty game at all. It was really physical. L. A. Obviously, uh, it's funny because in in the game in L. A. Seattle was really physical, and I think L. A. kind of wanted to take it back to them and show them, look, you know, we were not going to be pushed around. So they obviously committed their own fouls and and took things to a different level there. And um, you know, it, it was amazing to me that there were no red cards. Mark Geiger. Uh, did not live up to his usual reputation of being quick with the cards. I mean, he gave out plenty of cards, yellows. But, uh, you know, there were some situations there where you were like, all right, are we going to see a red card? Are we going to see a red card? Uh, but he didn't. He didn't play any out. But Seattle, to their credit, C. Schmidt, to his credit, he puts Marco Papa in. He he gives them that spark. And obviously, Oba Femi Martins uh, had a nice assist on the second goal. He, you know, he had a quick, uh, quick uh, restart there on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a foul called. I think it was on Marcelo Sarvis. And uh, it's always funny to me, man. Look, OpenFame Martin has had a great year, right? No no doubt about it. One of the best players in the league. Um, But it's just funny how the whole, you know, what have you done for me lately thing goes. When people, you know, he has an assist in this game. And all of a sudden, it's like, there you go. He's the MVP. Robbie Keane didn't play. Yeah, so well, what Fiby was Martin's up with that? Everyone's like, oh, that assist right there earned him MVP. Just, it's, yeah, like, dude, it's like, dude, stop it. One pass is not going to earn you MVP. Everyone just take right. it easy. Look at the stats. Look at the track record over the course of the season. Look, I'm not saying he hasn't had a good season, and he, he he's not a great player. He's a great player. No doubt about it. MLS, he's one of the best. But... The fact of the matter is over the course of the season, he has not gotten it done against the top teams. The stats that he's compiled have not – his track record against playoff teams is nowhere near as good as a Robbie Keane or even a Lee Wynn or even a Bradley Wright-Phillips. So, I mean, you have to look at it from that standpoint. You can't just look at the highlights. Mm -hmm. You can't just look at the totals, the stat totals, and you can't just look at the team doing well and saying, oh, well, he must be the MVP. Like, no, he's had a great year. He's in the conversation. But I'm sorry, for my money, um, I, I think he, you know, I think, well, there's four candidates, right? And not to get into this whole like tangent about MVPs, but there's four candidates. There's Robbie Keane, there's Lee Wynn, there's Bradley Wright-Phillips, and there's Obafemi Martins. That, 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 those four guys. Now, for my money, like, I—, I It's between I, Lee Wynn and Robbie Keane. Right, it has it's been. between those two. Although Bradley Wright-Phillips, is kind of, he's going to—I guarantee he earned some votes tonight, two goals, to help them, uh, you know, secure fourth place— in the playoffs, and tie the all-time record, and we know how people uh, there's a lot of lazy voters out there, they'll just see 27 goals, and okay, he's gotta be the MVP, um, but yeah, I agree with you, for me, Lee Wynn gets my vote, I don't think he's gonna win uh, no pun intended I don't think Lee Wynn is go- <laughs> I, don't, saying- I, don't, I, I, I don't think Lee Wynn is gonna win, That took me a second to process that <laughs> I think he deserves it, I think, honestly, for my money, he deserves it, I mean his, his Stats And and the way he's carried that team as a midfielder is unbelievable. I mean, the guy has the most goals in in, I think in league history for a midfielder. Uh, Let nine game winning goals tied for the most in league history. I mean, he has gotten it done without uh, with, with a supporting without kind of that that sidekick. <clears throat> go-to attacking guy through the year. Obviously, Jermaine Jones comes in and helps. Kellen Rowe obviously is good. Uh Fagunas hasn't been as good as he's been in the past. But just look at what he's had as a supporting cast. Look at what these other guys have had. Robbie Keane's season has been unbelievable. I don't think people I think it, it's easy for people kind of to forget because you know, toward the end he got a little quiet. You know, he didn't score in the first in the game in LA against Seattle. He didn't even play in the last game. So it, it's always kind of like that last impression uh that kind of gets voters because you know in fact of the matter it's like people you know it, not everybody pays attention as much as like there, there, there's some of us who it's what we do we watch as many games as we can we keep we follow it all closely and i just think uh robbie Keane might have cost himself some votes by not playing in this last game and i think lee win man i'm sorry he gets my vote and and I, but uh, the, sadly i think he's probably gonna finish fourth in the balloting Oh, back did. to Seattle. I let's know. get back. You never know. Let's get back. Never... Let, look, look. let's get back to Seattle because I don't, I don't want to upset any Seattle fans. Okay, well, okay look, I, I'm going to upset some Seattle fans
0: right here. Without Robbie Keane and Omar Gonzalez playing for the LA Galaxy, I have yet to assume, come on, that with all the chances that LA had in this match, if Robbie Keane or, or at least Omar Gonzalez was in this match, they would have put one
1: away. Yeah, I mean, you can say that. I I don't like to get get into hypotheticals from that standpoint because it, it could have – I, what I do think is it would have been a different – approach and, and again it's not just about the players it's about what the teams are playing for for the galaxy their focus is mls cup that's what they care about and i know seattle fans will be like oh that's convenient you know they wanted the supporter shield we you know whatever like the, the fact is la mls cup is their priority uh and it has been and that's not a surprise and when as soon as they sat robbie keen it was pretty clear they want this they want to rest him for mls cup and you can't begrudge them for that. They've won supporter shields. They've won four. They and this group, uh, you know, when you want to talk about Bruce Arena, Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, they've already won two supporter shields. Been there, done that. They want to add the fifth MLS Cup so they can be the new leader, so they can pass DC United, and they also want to send Landon Donovan out with an MLS Cup, and he, which would be his sixth, which would be a new record, and it would surpass Jeff Agu. So you know they have their priority now for Seattle, obviously. They want to win everything, right? No doubt about it. But they definitely wanted to get this trophy. They wanted to get this Supporter Shield because it legitimizes them. It it does something that the Open Cup just wasn't doing or doesn't do. The Supporter Shield, it, 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 as much as it's funny, uh, not to downplay it at all, downgrade it, but like, my analogy has always been the Supporter Shield matters to who wins it and not much else like no like uh, if you you know if you if you've won mls cups the supporter shield doesn't mean as much But when you've never won anything as soon as you win that supporter shield it's like this means this means everything i i, I thought that the andre yedlin quote uh, after the game was in, was pretty funny because you hear that every single time someone wins the supporter shield as their first trophy they say that they say you know what i think this means more than the MLS Cup. Because you haven't won an MLS Cup, of course you think that. How can you like look, when you win, when you go and you win the MLS Cup, uh, uh, you win MLS Cup and you fight through that and you get that title, then it mean that it that MLS Cup is still the most important trophy there is. And and I know as much as I, I know that the the, the the there's some who who want to think that the Supporters Shield matters more. It doesn't. MLS Cup matters more. But having said that, for Seattle, it means a lot. Because it's another step in their evolution as a club. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much promise there. They have great fans. Uh, they have that the great atmosphere up there. They're trying to build. They're trying to be the new juggernaut. They're trying to be the new uh, marquee team in the league. And obviously Seattle with Landon Donovan retiring, uh, they could absolutely uh, give up that mantle. And Seattle this year, if they win all three. If they win the treble or a treble, because I know some people want to argue that it's it wouldn't be a true treble without the CONCACAF Champions League. And I and I just want to smack those people. Yawn. Because, why, why, because why do we have to like, – No, because if, if we don't compete in that, then we're not a legit league. You know why. Come on. It is what it is. So uh, you know what? But back to the point. So for Seattle, the supporter shield is a big step in that evolution for them. Yep. Hats off to them because I tell you what, man, they do look like they could be – a powerhouse for some time. And and I think as much as I'm still going to pick LA to win MLS cup this year, I think we could be seeing Seattle uh, emerging now as a powerhouse, like a true, true, true powerhouse for some time. Because you know what? Those three, open cups that they won before those did not make them a powerhouse the attendance totals did not make them a powerhouse winning supporter shields winning mls cups that makes you a true league powerhouse and now seattle has that ticket to get into that club yeah great opportunity for them to win uh the
0: mls cup title i'm with you too i I think la is gonna be able to uh, win it out eventually but i mean ivis right now you have to say i mean is seattle the odds on favorite heading into the playoffs
1: uh, I would, no, I wouldn't say that. And you know what? I think some people – and I said this last show. I'm pretty sure I said it. I said no matter what happens in this game, it does not change from for my money. It doesn't change how things stack up in the playoffs for the simple fact that the Galaxy uh, we're going to – they're focused on the playoffs. They're focused on the MLS Cup. And we saw that obviously with them sitting Robbie Keane. So that even made the point even more emphatically. Um, So you can't take this Seattle win – Uh, that the win at the end that got them the Supporters' Shield and all of a sudden say, oh, Seattle has to be the favorite. I mean, sure, I think the general consensus from the public is now going to be that Seattle is the favorite because, yes, they're the Supporters' Shield champ. They they just beat L.A. Uh, So you have to like their chances. It's tough to see them lose at home. Uh, You know what? That's all well and good. But L.A. has beaten Seattle before. L.A. has in the playoffs multiple times. I know this is a different Seattle team. But L.A., I'm telling you, when they're healthy, if Robbie Keane is if if it's not that serious and and from and from what I'm told it's not that serious if he's okay Omar Gonzalez back Omar Gonzalez and Robbie Keane in that lineup with the with what they have there and the experience and with Bruce Arena I'm going to still put my money on the Galaxy but I tell you what it's pretty close you can't go wrong with Seattle either it's those two teams you know it's them two and everyone else
0: that's what I'm saying with how good LA played on Saturday the midfield looked outstanding The one thing they lacked was the creativity. You put Robbie Keane out there, they look just so much more dangerous. Moving on, though. There's so many other games we have to talk about. Uh, Real quickly, Seattle Sounders... They are first in the Western Conference, obviously with the supporters shield. They'll play the West Knockout round winner November second. LA will then play playing on November first against Real like, who finished third. We'll get into all that in a little bit. Staying in the Western Conference, I Vancouver Whitecaps booked their ticket into the playoffs with a one to zero victory over the Colorado Rapids. Wasn't the result that Vancouver was looking for, but a win is a win. It gets them into the playoffs. Kendall Watson with the goal, they're going to be facing FC Dallas. Uh, but I, guess, I mean, huge victory for FC uh, for Vancouver Whitecaps here to be able to make the playoffs.
1: I'll tell you what, man, it was looking shaky there for a minute. Uh, I was watching that game, and obviously, the Portland Timbers did what they had to do on that day. You know, they won their game in Dallas, which, you know, Dallas hadn't had lost at home in a long time in, in MLS play. Uh, Portland did their job, but Vancouver, credit to them, Kendall Waston. Say it with me, folks. Kendall Waston uh, scored the winning goal and, uh, you know, got them off the hook. And look, I'll give Colorado a little credit here because they made it tough. As bad as they've been, as awful as they've been uh, for the last however many months, they came out there, they went out there in Vancouver, and they made things tough. They made things tough for the Whitecaps. And for, you know, whatever, 69 minutes, it was looking pretty touchy. Touch and go. You had uh, Kikura Mane hit the crossbar. Um, you know, you had David Usted have to make some things happen and goal. Uh, But when he when Watson scored that goal and had that great celebration, uh, you could just tell how much it meant to Vancouver. And look, hats off to them. Hats off to the Whitecaps. Hats off to Carl Robinson, because that team, I thought they were toast. They get absolutely destroyed by Portland in two games twice, three zero twice. And they got up. They got that's two just knockdowns and they got to the nine count they got up off the mat and came back and rallied and got in the playoffs and you can't take it away from them i don't think they're gonna I, I, you know for me you know their playoffs will, uh, will will be over in two weeks i think they're gonna you, you know they, maybe they beat fc dallas on the road that's going to be wait, tough. Wait, wait.
0: Even with the momentum that Vancouver's riding not, right now. It
1: doesn't mean a thing, man, because when the playoff—one game does not give you momentum. For me, if anything, what, just to point it out, not to rain on Vancouver's parade, congratulations, you got in the playoffs. Big rally, great accomplishment, but you really got the sense that, this, that that's what they were going for. That was their— that was their MLS Cup, getting into the playoffs. They, they with the year that they've had and the ups and downs. And think about this now: the collapses that they've had uh, in years past. That that's what made that's what made getting into the playoffs such so important for them. And now f- I don't honestly see. Uh, you know, I think they're going to have a letdown. I think they're going to get in the walk. I think FC Dallas is going to beat them in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And even if they find a way to win in Dallas, there's no way they're going to beat Seattle. None zero I'll put it right now zero am in, you know and I said it last year I, I you know reminding people I gave New England one percent chance to win an MLS cup last year. I'm giving Vancouver one percent chance of winning an MLS cup this year just because you know what they did what they set out to do what they wanted to do and and I know we we're gonna hear oh everybody has a chance we've the the, the lowest seed has won before this it's uh, it's not uncharted territory listen. I'm saying that I'm saying it's not happening. They're not. They're not getting past. They're not getting. They're not winning the MLS Cup. They're not getting past Seattle. But not, again, to get back to the point, great job by them. Something to build on for Vancouver, considering all the crap that they've had to go through in the past year. When you got the Camilo uh, soap opera, yeah. The uh, Andre Lewis uh, soap opera, the draft pick who turned out to be a property of the, the New York Cosmos. Uh, the Omar Salgado uh, soap opera, which, by the way, that's still ongoing. And now there's there's fresh reports that, you know, the Tigris has made an offer and supposedly the Whitecaps are entertaining uh, trade offers within MLS, which I don't I don't really get how that's the case when he's not going to be a GA player next year. He's going to be, from what I understand, one hundred and seventy thousand dollars against the salary cap in 2015. I don't know how many teams are really lining up for that. Um so if anything Vancouver better sell the guy before they don't get anything for him. Um but anyway, they're focused on the uh they've they comp- they've accomplished their mission, get in the playoffs. Hats off to them. Andre
0: speaking of, Speaking of Andre Lewis, I feel like that that sounds like it was like 5 years ago when that happened. It's been so long since, since
1: I the know candidate. it the just MLS seems so long. The MLS draft was like, it feels like it was 10 years yeah,
0: ago. Yeah, it just it feels forever. Um, look, I, I'm going to give Vancouver a little more stock than 1%, Ivis. I mean, maybe not to win the MLS Cup, but... I mean, going into FC Dallas, I mean, if you're a Vancouver player, you have to be looking at your last results here. You know, being able to defeat Real Salt Lake, then being able to beat F- FC Dallas. I mean, last time these these two teams met, Ivis on October fourth, which wasn't that long ago. Yes, it was in Vancouver. They did defeat FC Dallas two to zero. Then Vancouver went out and beat Seattle on the road one to zero. I mean, if you're if you're a Vancouver player, Ivis, I mean, you're you have to have a lot of confidence going into this FC Dallas match. I mean. Maybe no, the yeah. MLS Cup, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. if Vancouver is maybe able to
1: sneak out a victory over FC Dallas. Uh, they can't. Uh, uh, let me just clarify. Let me just make it clear. They can beat FC Dallas, right? They can. Okay, okay. I'm I just make sure, can. I'm
0: just want to make sure I, I, we're no, on, that, my, on that. No, same page. the point
1: I made was they're not beating Seattle. And I know, I know. Yes, I know they just went there. I know they just went there and they won. But that was, you know, you, you have to look at the circumstances, right? When they went into Seattle and, and and they won that game, they they were in desperation mode. They absolutely needed that result. Seattle, you know what? They let the guard down a bit. They were on their own nice run of form, and and Vancouver caught them at a good time and and got a win they absolutely had to have. Uh, and, and Seattle was on a roll at that point. You know they were. You know actually I, you could argue. You know maybe they were a little. Uh, they they had you know they they beat Chivas USA. They beat the Colorado Rapids before that two blowout wins. Mm-hmm. They were feeling good about themselves. They get home, you know, and you're going to have that kind of letdown game. And that's exactly what it was. But th- the playoffs are a whole different animal. Everybody on the Sounders knows what's on the line. Everyone's going to be locked in for that match. If Vancouver happens to beat FC Dallas, I happen to think Seattle will will will, dish, will, will beat them. And, and and maybe I'm not being fair to Vancouver because yes, they have start they had they ended the season with a five match unbeaten streak, four mm-hmm. zero and one, beating some good teams. Yes, you got to give them credit for that. I just don't think they're going to beat Seattle in the playoffs. I, don't think, I just don't see it. No, I'm with you
0: on that. A victory over FC Dallas, I could see that happening, which will set up a very interesting competition for them against the Seattle Sounders. Uh, but moving on, congratulations to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, in the other match in the Western Conference that Vancouver was keeping an eye on because it could have gone either way, Portland Timbers, I guess they needed a victory. And some help, they did get the victory. They did not get any help. Portland <laughs> walked away with a 2-0 victory over FC Dallas. Wasn't enough because Vancouver did win this match. And uh, Ivis, I mean, just you know, too much too late for the Portland Timbers walking away with a victory right here. And unfortunately for them, uh, you know, t- tough week for them being eliminated from Concacaf Champions League and missing out on the playoffs
1: by one point. I mean, just a very tough week if you're a Portland fan. Absolutely, you know it's uh you know it, it, it's it went about as badly as you could have hoped. Uh, you know when you think about the Timbers uh, talking, you know we just earlier we talked about Seattle and how what a difference a year makes. Well, look at Portland. Yeah, a year ago they were a year ago. I mean I remember being there. I was at uh you know at that point it was Gell I was at Gell Dwin then Providence Park now. Uh, when they beat Seattle and and like the the, the happiness. That they felt that night was unbelievable. Un, you know, they beat their rival, eliminate them from the playoffs, uh, did smack them around, uh, and now this year, a year later, the complete opposite happens. The same day that they watch Seattle lift the Supporters Shield, uh, they their team is eliminated. It's and it's you read, you know, at the end of the day, they never could overcome that that eight game winless stru- start. And I know, I, I'll I'll say it, I I was on record from the beginning I was when they were oh when they were oh three and five I said I said I said look I think they're gonna make it I think they're gonna come back from this and you know what credit to them they almost did it they almost did it and it's interesting to consider that you know their record in their in, in their last 26 games which was the entire rest of the season was better even than last year's so it, it just shows you that you know they, they did figure some things out they did get better uh they did rally but they just you know what they left too many points on the board that they probably should have gotten their defensive issues cost them in the end and that was their biggest problem and, and you know don nag me i know he finally got his first goal of the season which was crazy to, you know consider i mean he's a good player and anyone who's trying to say oh he's not good anymore the guy is legit he had a bad year it happens he'll be back next year and i think and he'll be fine and next year you know what Look out for Darns and Agnes. We're talking. I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who who's gonna be like uh, up for the um, comeback. Yeah, I was gonna say is he gonna
0: be up for comeback player of the year award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> by the way, this is,
1: for those who for those who don't know why why Garrett's laughing, it, it, it's a running <laughs> joke. This whole MLS comeback player award uh because you know they they struggle for legitimate candidates for this thing because it's such a convoluted award uh but no, but but you know what all, all kidding aside <laughs> donton nagby he only had one goal this year he struggled through a rough season next year i'm telling you the guy's gonna have 15 he's, he, goals he's on my
0: short list to start the season for comeback here.
1: <laughs> he, he's gonna kill it he's look donton nagby's gonna kill it this year, uh, next year but this year you know what he could put the ball in net. And that did not help things, but it was really the, def- the defensive issues. Mm-hmm. And Norberto Paparato, when they signed him, they thought, you know, he's going to be the guy. He's our possession center back, a guy who can knock it around from the back and help us build from the back. And and he just – but then there was – he just couldn't really be – he wasn't a good defender, right? He he didn't he didn't pan out. They go in, and spend money on Liam Ridgewell, who was okay, but he wasn't a lockdown defender either. Uh, and, 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 and and then you had Pamoduka, who was the guy who, you know, when you come, you came into the year, you thought – Okay, as long as we spil- as long as he's kind of the anchor, if we can get a second guy, our defense is pretty good. But the problem was Pamuuka did not play to the level that he played last year, and that really, really hurt them. And I know there's a lot of questions about why that was, what was the- what was the problem with that? Maybe there were some issues, you know, Footy Danzo. They obviously parted ways with him. Uh, I think Ka and Danzo had a nice relationship. Oh, they they had, they had a nice understanding, friendship. Uh, they were really tight, and maybe Danzo's departure affected Ka. Who knows what it was, but for whatever reason, Pamoduka who was outstanding last year, didn't come anywhere close to that level this year, and that really, really cost them. Well, looking at just, you know, you
0: compare the numbers between the Portland Timbers and the Vancouver Whitecaps over the last nine matches for both teams. I mean, for Portland, it went as well as you wanted it to go. You go 5-1-3, 18 points. Vancouver only gets 17 points, going 5-2-2 and over the last nine matches. But, but as we talked, I mean, that, that slow start for the Portland Timbers ultimately doomed them, uh, you know, it was just too much too late. And and I think, Ivis, look, if you're on the Betty man and you start the month of October and you're looking at the schedules for Portland and you're looking at the schedule for the uh, for Vancouver Whitecaps and, and you're looking at Vancouver's schedule, you know, RSL, FC Dallas, Seattle Sounders, I mean, I think you and I are both on the same consensus that, look, Portland's going to get in, Vancouver, this is not going to go their way. And It just goes to show, I mean, what can happen at the end of the season. Vancouver took advantage of the opportunities, and for Portland, it's just, I mean, Vancouver just got hot at the right time, and that's what it comes there, down to. Uh,
1: there, it wasn't just even getting hot; there were just some. Uh, Portland let it get away. As as good as their last twenty six games were, you can point to some games and say, you know what, they should have got more. How many cans is you? Gonna, how many cans and stuff are you going to drink during this show? Jesus Christ! Um, all right, back back to the point. Uh, Toronto <laughs> FC. I mean, they go there. They're up. What were they up two nil? They lose three two. Uh, you know, that's a game that mm-hmm. got away from them. Uh, earlier earlier in the year, not, and, and this is going back ways, but remember that Seattle game early in the year at home, the 4-4 game, which was, you know, that's a game. Again, it was so long ago that you don't want to really point to it, but, I mean. April that, 5th. That game was on April 5th. April 5th. They, yeah, you're up 4-2 at home in the 84th minute, and you give up two goals. And, I mean, those points came. Don't, stuff like that comes back to haunt you. And, and it absolutely happened to them. Uh, I'm sure Caleb Porter's sitting there looking. You know, maybe he's not, but I'm sure at some point he has looked at those points lost and thought to himself, man, you know what? We should have had those points. We should have we had that win there. Uh, the, I think the San Jose game comes to mind as well. It, uh, 3-3 in a game they absolutely dominated. But, again, the defensive issues continued to cost them. A game they they should have blown away San Jose, and they didn't get the job done. So, for me, those three games stand out for me for for my money, of games that, you know what, they should have got more points out of those games, and stuff like that costs you in the end. But again, all credit to Vancouver finishing the season the way they did. Uh, moving on from this one, going over to the Eastern
0: Conference, Ivis. Uh, New York Red Bulls defeated Sporting Kansas City 2-0. to New York Red Bulls finished fourth in the Eastern Conference. Sporting Kansas City finishes fifth, so we'll see these teams uh, play a rematch. But uh, more importantly, Bradley Wright Phillips, Tied the MLS goal scoring record. Great for him, uh, but for New York, uh, nice victory for them over Sporting Kansas City, who's just kicking the tires still, man. And it looks like with the rematch, I mean, you had to put all money going to New York in the rematch for this one.
1: Sporting KC is done, man. They're done. They're tired. They're worn out. They've had. They're injured. They're battered, bruised. They're beaten. They're. They're. They're done. And and it's just been that kind of nightmare season. Where, um, where everything has gone wrong, and obviously last year was the season where everything went right, uh, and you just have you just have to chalk it up, chalk it up to to just things, kind of you know, eventually the odds catch up to you, right? Last year uh, everything went as well as you could ask, you know, Iko Parra was healthy all year, their team as a group was healthy all year, you you, you were able to rotate players, get everybody everyone minutes, and, and have everybody fresh for the playoffs. This year you lose Chance Myers, you lose Iko Parra. Jimmy Nielsen, obviously, you, you know, had he retired. Um, and just, you know, Yuri Rizal gets sold. All these things just snowballed. Uh, and for a team that was just competing in, on multiple fronts, when you have the Open Cup, uh, you have the Open Cup, you have Champions League, you have the league, it just, and then you have the World Cup. Also, you have national team duty for, for, for multiple guys on the, t- on the team. It all just caught up to them. And when you look at them now, they're a shadow, a shadow of their MLS Cup winning selves, and and uh, I, I know some people. Again, people will point to the the whole teams in the past have have come in struggling and and turned it around. That's all well and good, but it it there's form as being an issue, and then there's form and and your health and your physical uh capability. And this KC team just looks beat up, tired, and and. And not and they're lacking bodies. They they they're just with all the issues that they've had, they're just not they're not in a good place right now. And and the Red Bulls, I'll tell you what, hats off to the hats off to the Red Bulls. Uh no Terry Henry. Uh which I'll tell you what, you gotta be wor- As happy as you are about winning this game, and as happy as you are to see Bradley Wright Phillips score that goal, it's gotta be super nerve-wracking to hear Terry Henry is sitting with Achilles issues in both legs, that that just I mean, if you don't have look Terry Henry, if you don't have him at, at, at you know if he's not healthy for the playoffs, you're not going anywhere. And I, as, I mean, yes, they could win Thursday without him, but they're not beating DC United without him. I'll tell you that right now. They're not. I don't know if they'll beat him with them. Um, but before we even jump to that, credit to the Red Bulls, good team performance, and Bradley Wright Phillips, man, hats off to him. He said, you know, there, there's a lot. There's been shade thrown on him, and 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 it's on some levels deserved uh, about his his t- goal tally because Terry Henry. Let's face it, if you play next to Terry Henry, you're gonna score goals. It's been proven through the years. But Bradley Wright Phillips showed tonight night the guy can score goals. Doesn't matter who sets him up, he can put him in. He can make the runs. He can he can go at people. He can finish. The guy is a quality player. Mm-hmm. He's not just a product of Terry Henry's service. He can't score on his own, and he ties the MLS record. Credit to him; that's a great accomplishment. He nearly got to twenty eighth. Uh, Eric Kronberg, uh, you know, had a pretty good save to keep him away from number twenty eight. Um, but the Red Bulls—they're an interesting one, man. Because you know, if let's just say Terry Henry is healthy, let's just say Tim Cahill uh, has gotten over whatever issues that were taking place earlier, and he's back in the. They find a way to get him in the lineup. Uh, the Red Bulls, man, they 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 could make some noise in the playoffs. I don't say they're not winning M- I don't think they can win MLS Cup, but you know what? With a when you have a healthy Henri and you have Bradley Wright Phillips playing that way, uh, you have a chance. You have a chance against anybody.
0: I, I just want to point out if if Bradley Wright Phillips is a product of Henri, then that means that you and I could go out there and score at least I don't know five goals for uh, the season. Uh, come on, come on,
1: don't be silly. All right, I'm just <laughs> making the point. Kenny Cooper. I mean, look. Pa- uh, Pouty Fabian Espindola Who didn't want to even be in New York Who was miserable he- uh, here Scored I believe 9 goals <laughs> and, and, and Kenny Cooper 18 goals, Luke Rogers had double digit goals uh, Everyone that's played next to Henry Has had goals, and I, I think at least 10 of, of Bradley Wright Phillips goals Have been a product of Terry Henry Um, at, You know, at least 10 it Might be more Um, So you know what, the guy, the Henry is great Henry still can play at a high mm-hmm. level, he can still create chances He's, he's still a handful uh so you know what there's nothing wrong with that um and look bradley right phillips is not the only player who's got a great sidekick uh you know you, uh, Robbie keane has got lana donovan mm-hmm. uh oba Ferry martin says clint dempsey uh lee lee Wynn doesn't really have a, have a sidekick on that level but which is why yeah, i think he should be MVP. but with Wright phillips and Henri, th- if they're healthy they're gonna absolutely make things interesting i just still don't think they have the depth uh, to, to to match up, I think I don't think they'll beat a DC. Actually, I don't think they've ever beaten DC in the playoffs. So that that that'd be pretty earth shattering if they finally did do that. But uh, you know what? I like the chances Thursday. You got you got to say you got to, and maybe that'll be kind of the crowning moment moment for them. It won't be the MLS Cup that they want, but if they can beat KC at home, uh, hopefully they'll get a good crowd there for Thursday night. Um, you know that, that that'd be a decent accomplishment for a team that's had a lot of issues. But I, I don't. I still don't. MLS Cup's in their future. Staying in the Eastern Conference, Columbus Crew
0: defeated Philadelphia Union 2 to 1. Columbus finishes third in the Eastern Conference. A uh, little bit of uh, kind of nerve wracking if you're a Columbus Crew fan. Uh, you know when when Philadelphia gets a goal in the 85th minute, but Columbus able to find a goal right at stoppage time for them. So I was quite a turnaround for the Columbus Crew, who had, at times kind of midway through the season looked like they were not going to be a playoff team. Really turned it on after kind of that World Cup break right now, and uh, look, they're they're riding the Columbus Crew as you said, man. You jumped on the bandwagon, and they definitely are going to present a very tough matchup for the New England Revolution going forward.
1: They are a beast. I will tell you what, man, and. Uh, it, the, obviously, this game didn't mean anything. I mean, well, this game meant something from the stand, standpoint of them grabbing the number three seed. Mm-hmm. And credit to them to find that late equalizer in Philly. Man, <laughs> the end of the season has been just a, <laughs> just been a house of horrors, comedy of errors uh, for, for the Union. I mean, uh, you're you just glad if you're in the Union, you're just glad the season's over. You're just glad this nightmare of an end, ending is, is, is come and gone. And then now they can look ahead to the future. A very uncertain future in Philly, Mine, uh, by the way. Uh, a, lot, a lot of questions, to, a lot of decisions to be made on their roster. Uh, I don't think there's a decision to be made on the coach. I think Jim Curtin's going to get the job. I think he got the job a month ago. But they, they've been you know dance, dancing around the right time to announce it. So everyone's playing along with this script that he's still not the guy. But back to the crew. I just actually finished writing my uh, writing column, uh, writing a uh, feature for gold.com which is may already be out when you're as you're listening to this, you can go go to gold.com and check it out. I will tell you what, the Columbus Crew could be the next shock MLS Cup champion. And I know people are going to be like, "You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind." But I tell you what, folks, it's it sounds crazy, but it could absolutely happen. This team is something else, man. And I got a stat for you. I got a stat for you. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. They had a stretch. Uh, more than 3 months stretch now. From April 5th to July 16th, they played 16 games. How many games do you think they they won during that stretch? One. One game. They won one game in 16. They were 1-7-8. and eight. Looking like an absolute, you know, just from a result. If you're just looking at the results, you're not watching them play. You're looking at them, thinking, what in the world is going on there? Greg Berhalter is 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 you know captain of the Titanic. But what Berhalter was, do- <laughs> <laughs> what Berhal- what, what Berhalter was doing was implementing a system, and they, and they weren't getting the results. But they were playing well. They were in a lot of the games. They were even the better. They were playing the better soccer than their opponent in a lot of the games. But they weren't getting the results. And then they started the turn it around. And right now, they are on a roll. And we've got so many guys playing at, at career-high levels. Yep. I'm, I mean, they're fin- just look at their, their – at the end of the season, they're 8-2-1 to finish the season. 8-2-1 in their last 11. The only team better than that going into the playoffs is New England. New England only had one loss in their last 11. Uh, so, you know. Credit to them when they're on a roll. But Columbus is playing some serious soccer. And when you just look at the list of guys who are playing at a, at a level they've never played at before, you you, you got to tip your cap up, cap up to, to Greg Berhalter. And you have to, for my money, he go he's third on the ballot of Coach of the Year for my ballot. My ballot, I go Oscar Pareja number one, uh, Ben Olsen number two. Actually, that one I'm. I still gotta think about. I right, because so, that. No, was, you know,
0: Oscar Preha come on. Yeah,
1: probably Oscar Pereja. You know what? I'll go Oscar Pereja. Oscar Pereja won. Ben Olsen too. But Greg Berhalter, man. Look at the, just look at the guys. Ethan Finley. Here, I'll, I'll give you some stats right now. Ethan Finley,
0: eleven goals this year, zero goals last year. No, no,
1: no, no, no. That's even. It, that's not even it. Well, he's not the only yeah. one. Everyone no, else. Is no, no, no. I, I get. I know. I know. Listen, Ethan Finley, eleven goals, seven assists, and in the two years before that. Zero goals, zero assists. I mean, that's crazy. So you got him. You got Tony Chani. You got who's playing out of his mind. You've got Tyson Wall, who, like, let's face it, no one like he was kind of a non-entity before this year. They they sell Gio Gonzalez, and and that I really thought for me, I thought that was gonna be the crippling blow that kept them from making the playoffs. But what happens? They plug in Tyson Wall. He plays next to Michael Parker's, and he he's been a rock for them. You got Tyson Wall. You got Justin Merrim, who. His previous career high in goals was four. He has eight goals right now, and he's had some pretty dramatic goals for them. Um, so you got you know all these guys who are playing at a level and will and a, last but not least will Trapp. will trap promising rookie last year right showed some good qualities this year the guy's been an absolute beast the guy I mean he's one of the best young players in the league without question this season he he like he, you got to watch the games folks you got to watch the games. The guy is a machine in the in the midfield. He he links their their defense to their attack seamlessly. Man, the guy is like, uh, I mean, he's 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 when Terry Henry takes time out of of his interviews to spend like a significant amount of time praising you, and you're like twenty years old, twenty one years old, you're a baller, and that wasn't the first time he's done it because I remember talking to Henry at the beginning of the year about Will Trap, and he was and he was talking up Will Trap, so he's been on the Will. 's been on the world trap bandwagon for a while and and but but again he's come a long way uh and it's the, it's the system you know bur put in a system and, and this is an observation i don't even i didn't get a chance to really make it in my column but i'll say it here i'm reminded this crew team is reminding me of the the rialzo Lakey that was so good for so long early state this is the, this this crew team right now could be that next team like that. That team that kind of sets the standard in the league for playing at a high level. And I know, Real Salt Lake only won, you know, they won the MLS Cup. Uh, They got to the Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League final and lost. Um, There was always that sense that they should have won more silverware than uh, than they won. They should have won more trophies. But you can't take away the fact that they played amazing soccer for, for, uh, that they had that run uh that amazing run where they've just set the bar so high. And I think this Columbus crew team could be be that next team like that that just plays at a at a at a level that that everyone appreciates.
0: Yeah, and you're just getting a lot of performances from a lot of guys. Kind of also reminds me a little bit of last year's New York Red Bulls team where you had just a lot of guys having career years. I mean, you also look at Bernardo Honor has, has the career high in goals. Uh, Aaron Schoenfeld also has a career high in goals. I mean, like I said, this is a team where a couple months ago, everything was Frederico Higuain and people have stepped up and crew getting lots of contributions from lots of players. Uh, moving on, New England Revolution defeated Toronto FC 1-0. If you're a Toronto FC fan, Ivis, you're uh, I guess at this point happy that the season has come to a close. Even though they did not make the playoffs, it's been a tough one for Toronto the last couple months. And for the New England Revolution, Ivis big victory for them. It allows them uh to finish second in the Eastern Conference and uh they're playing the Columbus Crew it's going to be a good matchup for them. Lee win with a goal in this one. uh 18 on the season for him and uh, I mean how dangerous can New England be in the playoffs this year?
1: Oh, they're it's a, it's funny man because the Crew and New England are are both really going into the playoffs really on some really good form but they're getting but they get now they're matched up with each other. So we're going to get what I think is going to be an amazing series. That's going to be an amazing series. Uh, Columbus, should be pointed out, uh, has beaten New England twice this year. However, New England won the last matchup uh, that they – last time they faced off. They uh, they beat them 2-1 earlier this month. Um, so that that one, man, that one is such a toss-up. You're, you're going to have uh, so many good matchups across the board there when, when you want to talk about uh, Chani, Chani and Trap against Wynn and, and Jones – uh ethan finley uh it's is gonna be a handful for them as well uh, to deal with justin merrim going up against Gonzalez. uh all over the field all over the field there, there, there's good there, there's tasty matchups iguain jermaine jones he's gonna have to try to corral him uh it, I'm, i can't wait i i, I mean I'm, i don't think i'll get to columbus for the for the first leg but i'll definitely be at the second leg in New England for that one, and uh, but look, New England—they're they're they're rolling. I mean, they're Lee win, and for me MVP, he's not—I don't think he'll win it, but he's getting my vote. And you know, for what the, take that for that what that's worth. But uh, this Toronto game was a little just kind of—it was almost like sad because it was like coming in you know, a month ago. You know, when I'm planning my my schedule of games to go to, you know, I looked at that game and I thought, you know what, Toronto could be playing for the playoffs. You got Michael Bradley against Jermaine Jones. They, like they, they, there could be a lot of drama in that game, and they just do. And then but guess what? There was zero drama. Toronto was already eliminated. TFC was kind of going through the motions, uh, doing their whole you know the refs hate us thing because uh, there was that questionable call on on the Lee Win goal, um, which apparently for those who hadn't heard, uh, the referee uh, had had ruled that uh, TFC player had gotten his head on the incoming. Pass which which reset the offside, so the christina was not offside because of that. Uh, for folks wondering why uh, why the goal was allowed, why the offside flag went down after going up, it was all a little weird situation. Um, but you know what, if you're DC, if you're a TFC fan, you're just you're just glad the year's over. It's time to reassess, trying time to look at the team and decide what you're going to do. I mean, I think Greg Vanney's the guy. I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I mean, he's not going anywhere. I think. Um, you know, not not because he should keep the job, but just because I think you know, hit, um, from what I understand, Tim Tim is a big fan of his, and and I think he's gonna ultimately make that decision. But who knows? You know, maybe maybe they'll they'll change things up in the offseason. They have to do some things there. They have to they have to shake shake some things up. Jermaine Defoe. I know they're trying to act like he might stick around, but he can't come back, can he? Can he come back? I just I, I don't I don't I don't see it. Um, but back to New England, they look great. I can't wait to watch that New England Crew series. Uh, DC United Macho impact, impact. Excuse me.
0: Played to a one-one draw. Fabian Espindola scored for DC. Eleven goals for him. That's a career high. Uh, for him, Marco Devaio in his send off game had a goal for the Montreal impact. D C was a moot point anyways with the Seattle moot point, excuse me, with the Seattle Sanders winning. Uh they, they couldn't finish first or win the supporters shield. So so that was out of it. But uh Ives DC goes in the Eastern Conference with the number one seed. Worst to first. I know we already said that, but still I mean it it's it's you know, when you think about that, worst to first man, what a turnaround for them.
1: It happens all the time in MLS, and it, and it it's how the league's set up. When you look at it, I mean, there's a reason why we've seen that. I don't even know half dozen times in the league history. You have a league that's set up where the, if you're the worst team in the league, you get you get help, you get the first draft pick, you get top allocation, you get allocation money, you get, and then with, you know with them winning the Open Cup, they got money for that as well. So everything, you know, and and this time around, you know, they had the top pick in the reentry draft. So it, it's the way it's set up. It's it, you know. It, there's a reason why in MLS, if, you're the, if you end up with a really bad season, you have an opportunity, if you know what you're doing, to turn it around. And credit to them. They made a lot of good moves. They made a lot of smart moves. Ben Olsen's done a good job of, of, of melding together all those new faces in the locker room. Obviously, a lot of veterans, uh, which, which I'm, I'm sure help things. But uh, DC, they're going to be an interesting one in the playoffs. I still, I, I'm curious to see what the Luis Silva injury does to them and how much it hurts them because yes I know Eddie Johnson uh you know he's he's stepping in now but you know what I, as I said I've said before I'm not sure Eddie the Eddie Johnson chemistry with that group is the same as Luis Silva's chemistry especially when you want like talk about Espindola and Silva together they 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 had formed a really nice partnership uh I don't know if Espindola and Johnson have that same kind of they're on that same wavelength so we'll see we'll see who who they get in the in the playoffs I think they're going to get the Red Bulls. If they get KC, I think they'll handle KC. They, they 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 haven't allowed. They've they were undefeated against KC this year, and they didn't allow a goal against KC this year. So I think they'll feel pretty good about beating them. And as far as the Red Bulls go, DC has never lost to the Red Bulls in the playoffs, and they've played I don't even know how many times. Uh, I I can per- I've personally seen uh, I think at least four of those playoff series. Um, and I know history doesn't matter, but. I think you got to go DC against the Red Bulls. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what DC does and how far they go. I think miss it. they'll they won't miss Silva in the semis, but when they get down to playing the Crew Revs winner, I think they might miss him if he's not back. Uh, in the battle for we're not the
0: worst team in the Western Conference, Chivas USA defeated San Jose Earthquake. So I mean, Ivis as bad as the season was for Chivas USA, they do not finish finish with the worst record. In the Western Conference, uh, for them, obviously, you know, lots of speculation. What's going to be happening? It might be the final home game for Chivas USA. But uh, I mean, for all the for all the slack
1: that we gave them, I mean, obviously, they did not finish with the worst record in the league this year. Not only did they not finish with the worst record, they actually had a better record than three other teams in the league: uh, Colorado, San Jose, Montreal, and they only finished three points behind Chicago. I mean, that's uh, Amazing. You know, credit. Look, Amazing. credit. I know and you know what credit to them credit to, to their players and Wilma Cabrera, they finished the season winning three out of four and that's commendable man considering all the drama going on the uncertainty uh not knowing what the future holds for for those guys I mean and you know what maybe that's that that obviously served as a real eye-opener and a motivator for them knowing that look this these are all at this point every game is a tryout every every game is an opportunity to show GMs around the league that you're worth taking a flyer on or worth acquiring. So they obviously had, you know, that's something to play for, obviously. So, uh, but for San Jose, I'm sure they're just glad to have the season over with. Uh, it, it's always a tough situation when you, when, you know, you, you already know that you have a new coach coming in and, and you know you're done for the season and you're mailing it in. And uh, San Jose, man, they, <laughs> you want to talk about going a season that just went to, went to the crapper. Uh, I mean, their, la- their last win. August second against Seattle, and and it's interesting to think back to that when they they, they actually had won two games in a row there, to beat Chicago and to beat Seattle, and I think even at that point some people were trying to suggest maybe that San Jose is going to come with a late surge. In I remember the that
0: they were only a few points out. At yeah, that point, so. they, they
1: they were they were a little bit of a hipster pick. Uh, for some people who are trying, you know, people are always trying to jump on that kind of oh, look who's gonna, you know, these this star course, this star course. This-. and I'm doing it too with the Columbus Crew. Obviously, I'm jumping on way. <laughs> but, um, but 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 yeah, yeah, hey, you know what, we all do it. But uh, but yeah, no, their their season fell apart quickly. Well, San Jose uh, uh, we- I- only had one win away from home this year too. It's just it yeah. lots of bad
0: things going around right now. Lots of
1: bad. The fu- but right, but the future's bright. Dom Kinnear is coming, good coach, really good coach. You're getting a new stadium. Yeah. Tommy Thompson's a year older. You, you, know, he he hopefully uh plays a bigger role for them next year, and uh, and we'll see what Kinnear can do with that team. And and I think when you have a new stadium, uh, you'd like to think the team's going to invest in in a roster that'll help fill that new stadium. And 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 we'll see. I think I think the future is bright from those. If you look at those elements, you'd like to think that maybe things are going to turn around there.
0: And in the final match that we have yet to talk about, Chicago Fire defeated Houston Dynamo. Two to one, Ivis. So for all the draws, Chicago Fire get
1: they get a victory here in this one. Yep, and uh, we have to obviously point out it was the final match for Logan Paws, and I gotta say, man, I'm feeling old when guys are guys that I saw as rookies come in are are, are retiring and and <laughs> retiring with full full heads of gray hair. Uh, but Logan Paws, you know, a real pro. Um, you know, not a flashy superstar guy who. You know, it's not someone that people outside of Chicago would necessarily take notice of, but the guy just brought it on a regular basis. He he was a pro. He he played at a good level. Even got a couple of games on the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, real just real solid guy. The the kind of guy that you know what uh, fans uh can appreciate because you know he he because he gave you the honest effort on a weekly basis. Uh, and and being on that team meant something to him. And it also, it's rare these days. To have a guy who who really plays his whole his whole career at one team, right? I mean, how often do you get that happening nowadays? So, credit to him, uh, you know. Credit to Chicago. We'll see. We'll see what happens for 2015. Frank Gallup, I, I think, he has a, still has a lot to prove there um, with the season that they had, which I was, was, got, gotta say, face was really disappointing, right? Really disappointing. So we'll see what Andrew Hauptman and uh, and the fire leadership do uh, to shake things up. Let's get Eric Torres to Chicago. Let's get that going. <laughs>
0: Chicago does have some good pieces. So, you know, it's A. It's, hey, as we said, MLS. I mean, you go out, you be aggressive in the offseason, you could turn around with, you know, a couple guys, a la DC United, who brought in, you know, four or five guys to the starting 11. You see the turnaround they had, even though they had some pieces. Uh, Ivis, that wraps up all the MLS games. Looking ahead to the playoffs, as we discuss, the uh, first game that we're going to be seeing is FC Dallas hosting the Vancouver Whitecaps. That game is on October 29th, which is Wednesday. Quick gut reaction because I think we're going to do a show uh, later on this week to preview these games, but just preliminary thoughts right now on FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh,
1: I gotta go. Eh, it's a tough. It's a toss-up because Vancouver's playing well. FC Dallas is a bit is a bit up and down. Um, I think Dallas is a little vulnerable, but I gotta say, man, going down there is pretty tough. And the team and in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver in the heat. Um, this is a tough one.
0: I don't want to, uh... in the heat. But, oh. but it's like not, it's like eighty five degrees now. It's not even
1: hot. Did you watch the Portland game? Did you watch the Portland game? I. You know what? I. The, everyone there, from the referee to Caleb Porter to the players, was drenched in sweat. Because it's not just the heat; it's the humidity, man. See, you're spoiled with your dry heat in Arizona. You go to Texas, and you're at and your ass is gonna sweat. That's just <laughs> just put it. Just put it that way. So it, it's an issue. It's a factor, and you're and you're coming from the Pacific Northwest from Vancouver. It could be an issue, but man, I'm going to go FC Dallas. They're at home, and like I said earlier, I went on the whole diatribe drive about Vancouver uh, accomplishing what their main mission was, which was getting into the playoffs. They're happy, uh, and I think they're going to have a bit of a letdown. I think FC Dallas. Um, is going to be a little, you know, upset about having lost that game to Portland, and they're going to come in refocused. And I think Dallas beats Vancouver. I'm looking ahead at the weather. It's going to be
0: 68 degrees potential at seven o'clock kickoff in Dallas. Humidity will be at 52. percent
1: uh, eh, That's not too bad. What was the, what was the weather on Saturday? Answer me that. Uh, I, I here
0: I'll look it up. Plimner <laughs> thoughts real quick on uh, New York Red Bulls and Sporting Kansas City. That game will be on Thursday.
1: You got to go. You got to go Red Bulls, uh, Casey they look tired they look beat up i mean matt Beesler, he that if you want to talk about a guy who absolutely needs a vacation a guy who needs about 6 weeks of just rest on the beach with his wife the beach on the beach he needs matt like matt Beazler, one of the nicest guys in the league one of the best players in the league but he he just looks like he's just worn out the guy needs a break so i i i just you know what? they they Dom Dwyer and you feel for Dom Dwyer because when I look at that team uh when you watch them play lately in the last few weeks it's like Dom Dwyer is like the one guy who's got a full gas tank he's the one guy I mean Graham Zusi you know does his part as well but Dom Dwyer like he's on a different level than everyone else it seems like he's he's ready to go he's buzzing he's all over the field and he plays with the kind of energy that last year every single guy on Sporting KC was playing with now He's the guy buzzing around but then everyone else is kind of zomb- is like zombie walking haha <laughs> to plug your zombie walk convert that we're going to talk about later. Um but they they they're, they're, they're just they they're honest for me I just think they're done. I think they're going to lose to the Red Bulls. And and it, it and this doesn't mean that you need to shake, shake things up dramatically in KC and there needs to be this big overhaul. I, th- I think they still have pl- plenty of pieces to come right back in 2015 and have another go at it, especially if they can go get and bring back Roger Espinosa. I think that'd be a huge step for them, and there's conversations about that. There's a lot of talk about him possibly returning, and if he does, that's big for them. That's because he's exactly what they need after losing Uri Rizal and getting obviously getting Chance Myers back, getting Echo Paro back. back. Um, I think I think they'll be right back in the mix, but for right now, they just look like they're out of gas. To
0: answer your question about the Dallas uh temperature it was 82 degrees humidity was 55% That's pretty
1: bad. That's pretty that's, mi- pretty. that's pretty miserable. You're pretty Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't realize I didn't realize Vancouver was going to get a little bit of a chill when they went down there. So maybe you know what? I li- I like Vancouver's chances a little better now. So I might have to, I might have to go Vancouver now.
0: Based on the weather?
1: <laughs> Based on Hey, look, 15 degrees can make all the difference.
0: Also, if you want to know the uh wind speed was about 7.45 45- 7 from the <laughs> South, too. I mean, I don't know if that's going to factor in your decision, but I just want to let so, you know.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess FC Dallas won't try any field goals from beyond 45 years. Is that what you're telling me? What do you think? get out of here with this? <laughs> All right. Let's move, let's move on. Let's move
0: on. Uh, moving on to the Americans' abroad front, Ivis. Hercules Gomez scored a goal. And, uh, I mean, look, it's been a while since we've talked about uh, Hercules Gomez so I mean it's nice to be talking about him I mean he, he's so much fun to watch we've had him on the show a couple times which has been outstanding every single time we've had him on the show uh so very nice to see uh him scoring his first uh Liga MX
1: goal no that's huge obviously uh you know it's been a bit been of a, been a rough time for him and uh scoring a goal in a big game like that I mean you want to see him hopefully get his get his act get 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 it all rolling again. Uh, a guy who had such a, a, a great run uh, a couple of years there where he was just doing his thing. So it's good to see him back back uh, on the scoring sheet.
0: And moving over to Europe on the Americans abroad front, Ivis, Julian Green came off the bench and played 25 minutes uh, You know, with the little injuries that he had. Nice to see him back on the field and, and getting some play, and getting some significant minutes, 25 minutes. That's a lot of time.
1: It's one step at a time. Uh, you definitely want to see him getting some minutes there. And uh, actually, if you want to – uh, just stick to Germany. Yet he, he had some minutes. Terence Boyd had a couple minutes for Red uh, for Red Bull Leipzig uh, as he continues to work his way back. Um, fa- uh, Fabian Johnson uh, came off the bench and played nine minutes in that in that big uh, Bundesliga clash between Munchen Gladbach and Bayern Munich. Uh, that ended up zero zero tie. Uh, it is a little concerning that he's not, you know, that he doesn't start in a big game like that. But you know what? When you go to a club like Monchengladbach, you're gonna obviously have a fight for for playing time and fight for starts. So I don't think anyone should be too concerned about that. But uh, it's good to see. We got to talk about the Premier League and uh, Josie Altador. The Josie Altador playing time watch. He did get playing time. I know they're after. I, I know after his comments uh, during national team duty when he said, you know what? He'll look for a move if things don't get better. I know some people were worried that, uh oh, he's never gonna see the field again because you know, suddenly you know, Gus Poyet's gonna take that as a as a diss or or whatever. But he came off the bench, he played 16 minutes against Arsenal, pretty, you know, obviously a big opponent. Uh so you know what? That that's encouraging, you know. he's he's dealing with some really tough competition there. You got Connor Wickham, you got Stephen Fletcher. Uh and he he's got a battle on his hands, but at least he's still. In the fact that he gets these 16 minutes tells me he's doing enough in training to impress the manager enough to get on the field. And that's encouraging. So even though maybe he still should move somewhere in January, at least that for me, that tells me he's got the right, the right mindset because he is not, he's not given in to all, all this drama. He's still putting in the effort in training. Because I tell you what, if he wasn't putting, putting in the effort in training, Gus Poyet would not put him on the field. Certainly not against Arsenal.
0: Also, uh, Jeff Cameron has made his first uh, Premier League start for Stoke City. Uh, he hasn't been playing that much for them this year, but nice to see him get a start, and he played 90 minutes.
1: Absolutely. Uh, that's definitely encouraging. Uh, you want to see him getting on the field and getting minutes, and maybe he'll stick around in Stoke City after all.
0: And moving over to the women's side of soccer, the U.S. women's national team dominated the CONCACAF championship, what determined the spots. For the 2015 World Cup that will be held in Canada, U.S. did not give up a goal at all. That's in the group stage, and that's in the knockout round stages. In the final against Costa Rica, Abby Wambach went off, scored four goals. She finished with seven goals for the tournament. Carly Lloyd finished with five goals. And Ivis, I mean, you can't get any more convincing with just the performance that the ladies put up in the uh, CONCACAF Women's Championship.
1: Right. I mean, mission accomplished. They did what they were supposed to do. I mean, let's face it, in CONCACAF, you have the USA, you have Canada, and you have everybody else. And there's a big drop off. So, you know, the the fact that they dominated, I mean, no, no one's surprised and no one should be too crazy about it. They did what they have to do. Now the real work begins, work building towards Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, as much as you, you know, Anyone who watches the U.S. women, you love when they play Canada. The rivalry, it's so great. Canada's a solid team. They really push the U.S. But without Canada in the tournament, man, that con- the CONCACAF tournament was pretty anticlimactic, I got to say. I mean, it almost comes off. It almost feels like a – they almost feel like friendlies. It almost feels like practice, like they, they're just toying with these teams. Um, but now the real work begins, World Cup next summer, and uh, U.S. is looking pretty sharp.
0: Yeah, well, the next games for the US will be coming up uh, in December. Good opportunity for them to be playing a little better talent. You have they'll be playing China and uh and Brazil and those matches will be in December. So as, as you said, I mean, you're right. CONCACAF US Canada, but it'd be good for the US to get a, a few more games in there against some uh quality opponents. Uh, moving over to European soccer, I was the El Clasico. I know you were probably watching it with your boys because they're all I believe Real Madrid fans. Am I right on that?
1: <laughs> no, both both <laughs> of my sons <laughs> Both of my sons are Barcelona fans, and uh, they were not happy uh, with the loss. Credit the Real Madrid, man! Real Madrid—they played well, really well. They their their deadly counterattack was on display yet again, uh, and it was a pretty disappointing performance from Lionel Messi. Uh, obviously, you know, he for those who didn't see the game, he's you know they score early. Neymar scores the opener, and then Messi had a clear look from front of goal, the kind of goal, the kind of chance he buries ninety nine out of hundred times. But he, he was just off on that day. He doesn't convert that chance. If he converts that chance and it's 2-0, you, you're talking a completely different game. Uh, but then mm-hmm. everything turned around. Gerard Pique gets, gives up a PK. uh And then in the second half, they just kind of tore it open. Uh, they really wore down Barcelona. Um, but credit to Madrid, man. They're playing, they're, they're playing well. Um, but I, I tell you what. Luis Suarez getting his first start. I personally thought he played well. For it being his first so- first match in four months. Uh he sets up the first goal. He would have had an assist on this uh, he set up the Messi chance that Messi blew. So right there, he could have had two assists in the first half. Um I think once he gets going and once he gets more familiar with him and him Neymar and Messi get the games under their belt together. I mean just think about that trio. Because already Messi and Neymar have already kind of established that link between them. Uh they're playing the way they're playing together right now is amazing. Uh, this season, but when when they get when they and Suarez get on that same page, that trio, man, I I don't know anyone who's gonna stop them. Uh, moving over to England,
0: Manchester United and Chelsea play to a one-one draw. Robin and Percy with the goal late in the match uh, for Chelsea. Ivis uh, it just continues the impressive form that they've been on through nine matches, seven wins and only two draws. And for Manchester United, I mean, look, you you have to be happy walking away with a point in this one when it surely looked like they were gonna lose this one.
1: Right, I mean, they looked overmatched for a lot of the game. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty good back, back and forth actually. Um, Chelsea, though, you got to say, as much as I still think they're going to run away with the league, um, you almost felt like they showed Man- Manchester United a little too much respect when they took the 1-0 lead. They, they, you know, they kind of sat back, and Mourinho did did kind of the old Mourinho move which was kind of sit on the lead get defensive bring in John Obi Mikel who's kind of like the game killer you know you bring in when when he brings in Mikel it's like okay we want to win 1-0 lock it up let's take the three points um and you kind of felt like they maybe they did that too early maybe they they should have put the gas uh, put the you know push the the gas pedal a little more to try to get the 2-0 uh, and then they ended up paying the price. Um, having said that, I still think look, Chelsea's a beast. They're going to run away with the league. I don't think that I don't think anything has changed uh, because of this result. I think Man United though they're going to come away uh, feeling pretty good about having earned a point against the top team in the in the league. And right now they want to make sure they lock up the top four spot. They're not there yet, but I think they're they're coming around. I think they're, they're, uh, the as a group, Louis Van Gaal is still trying to figure some things out. Uh, figure out his best eleven. They also didn't have Wayne Rooney, which you can't you can't ignore that fact. They didn't have Wayne Rooney, so to get a point without him, he's still suspended from the red card. Um, Manu's going to be all right. I think Manu's still going to be in the top four when it's all said and done. Which, considering the really? way the season, be, yeah, why not? I think they. I think with the quality they they have, uh, they're going to be fine. I think that you know, yes, defensively they've got some issues still. Marco Rojo, Smalling, did you know they had their moments where they looked pretty shaky, but. Uh, I like it, man. I, I like the quality that they have. Angel Di Maria is different level. He's a different class, best player on that team now. Uh, but when you get him, when you get Rooney back, uh, Juan Mata, uh, you got Herrera, you got Daley Blind, who's a quality player. Uh, they're gonna be all right. I, for me, I got them in the top four. I, I, I really, do, I really think they're gonna end up in the top four. Well, for Manchester
0: United, they're right now eighth in the standings with thirteen points, three, four, and two. Through nine matches. Also, another point. I mean, at this point, I was is immortal. I mean, he just knows when to score at the right time. It's just amazing watching him in his career. Just he just always seems to show up right when you need him the most.
1: Yeah, man, a guy can still play, and uh, you know, I, I still wish, as I'm sure a lot of MLS fans wish, I wish he would come. I wish he would have come, <laughs> and maybe he still will come to MLS. Uh, I, I think he, he'd be great for the league. Uh, he obviously can still play, and I think obviously he. He would help kind of the international exposure of the league. You know, when you have the you know this African legend, this uh Chelsea legend, have him come to MLS at some point. Uh, I think would be great. Also, moving
0: over to Germany, Ivis, what is going on with Dortmund right now? They are not having good results. They're fifteenth right now in the Bundesliga, and uh, I mean, what's going on, man? Is, is it over coaching? Is it over training? I mean, what's going on right now?
1: <laughs> nah, I just you know what, they've got a lot of injuries. Uh, and they've just had some. They've just their form is just not there, and uh, it's crazy. And I, I don't know over coaching. Look, their coach, is, <laughs> uh, their coach is fine. Their coach, you leave him alone. He's his quality. I coach. know he is. I'm just teasing. Right. Uh. Yeah. But I don't know, man. This is pretty shocking. It's pretty shocking. Um. Maybe they'll just blame Bayern Munich taking all their players. Um. But uh, <laughs>
0: you could do that actually.
1: Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, though, I didn't see this coming because I mean, when they were able to get Shinji Kagawa back. Uh, from Man United, I thought, oh, this is great. Um, you know, plug him in. He, 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 you know, obviously the last time around when he was with them, he, he was a big part of their success. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on well, there what, at this
0: point. What's strange is, I mean, you look at them in in uh, Champions League. I mean, they won all three matches and outscoring opponents nine to zero. It's just, it's so strange, and they're being quality teams in Champions League, and then well, they're losing to
1: Hanover. <laughs> well, right. Well, that's the thing, though, when you have to compete on multiple fronts and you're facing a lot of injuries, uh, you know, it makes things tougher for you. I mean, and whether it's, whether you're sporting KC or whether you're Brucey Dortmund, I mean, it makes things tough. Even in Europe, where obviously you can spend as much as you want, you can have, you know, uh, well, not as much as you want with financial fair play, but, you know, you can can have a strong bench. um, But at a certain point, injuries take their toll. I mean, let's not forget, Joe Zhao uh, was able to go from the second team uh, to making it on the Dortmund bench because of all the injuries that they had. And then he gets hurt. So it's just, it's just been that kind of year for them but uh you know I, I think jurgen klopp i still think jurgen klopp will get them get them climbing up the standings again and i think they'll you know hopefully they'll be in the champions league again next year they find a way to get into the top four because let's face it the champions league is better when they're in it because they just you know they, they just bring a certain a certain i don't know certain je ne sais quoi to to the tournament
0: Ooh, very nice or they could just win the champions league and then just ah, give up on well. the domestic league
1: <laughs> well, you know, if Bayern Munich didn't keep taking their players, maybe they could win the Champions League. <laughs> All
0: right, guys, we'll just tank the domestic league. I'll focus on the Champions
1: League. Well, some teams do that or have done that in the past. So,
0: And I've we have reached the SBI Q&A part. Remember, everyone, you can submit your questions on Twitter at any time using hashtag AskTheSBIShow. So if you're mowing your grass right now or doing some counting work at work. <laughs> or, sm- or smoking your grass yeah i have said that not me. you can submit any questions uh on Twitter. using hashtag ask the s b i show uh first question comes from Alex will the new c b a result in inflation in pay or will it result in higher quality signings across the league?
1: Well, you like to think that it it leads to both right I mean I don't see why it can't lead to both um It's interesting there was just a New York Times story that just came out today, I think. Actually, that kind of focused on the fact that, you know, there's still so many, uh, like the lower levels of MLS salary. Uh, it, it, you know, you're still talking about players who, who have to work other jobs, part-time jobs to make money to kind of, you know, live a decent lifestyle. Um, it isn't definitely the case. You know, we're not talking about the English Premier League or the NFL or the NBA where everybody's a millionaire. Uh, obviously, in MLS, when you're talking, you know, the the, the minimum salary type players or I think the minimum is 40,000. Uh, 40, Veterans minimum is like 50 or or, or below 50. So, um, again, this isn't poverty, but it's not, you know, the level you expect of professional athletes. So um, I think both of those need to be addressed. I, I think you want to see the, the minimum uh, increased. Uh, and obviously, you want to see the overall cap increase so, so teams can go out – and hit the international market and bring in quality talent, uh, which the league needs if it's going to keep uh, keep growing uh, along with expansion. And we don't have expan- expansion dilute the the product. And the only way to avoid that is to spend more money on salaries. The league, I think, they're going ha- to. For me, I think it's a no brainer. Salary cap's going to go up. Now, will it go up enough so that you can have across the board minimums increase, and you can have uh, the salaries increase enough to attract international talent more international talent that's going to be the big question and i think that's going to be, be the big fight because i'm sure mls officials want to see or uh, are, are, are okay with a certain level of an increase but the question is is that going to be enough next question comes from mike
0: still think like you've said all year that portland is going to make the playoffs
1: Ah, oh, nice we get a troll uh well look they didn't make it they missed it by one point when they were o three and what were they o five and three? They hadn't won in their first eight games. I said then I thought they would make it. And you know what? They really turned it around. They 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 got to the precipice and they fell just short. Will Johnson uh, gets hurt at the very end of the season. Obviously, they had their meltdowns. But you know what? You don't get you don't get them one hundred percent all the time. There, uh, what's this guy's name? Mike. Yes. Mike, yeah, Mike, look, listen, Mike, obviously you're a Seattle Sounders fan. He is a
0: Seattle Sounders fan.
1: You're right. So, of course, he wants to gloat a little bit. But let me tell you what, Mike, I was wrong last year when I said Seattle was going to win the MLS Cup. And what happened? They got blown out by Portland in the playoffs. So, you know what? I can't be right all the time. Um, but credit to Portland. They they made a valiant effort of it. But they ultimately paid the price for that Oh, that eight-game winless streak to start the season. Uh, and it just goes to show you can't do that. You can't You can't start the season that way.
0: Mike's also a home brewer, so Mike, I mean, I Ivis, and I expect you to invite us over and give us some beers when we're up in Seattle together, right, Ivis?
1: Yeah, when we're up there for the MLS Cup final.
0: Yeah, he's also a Pearl Jam <laughs> fanatic and a fan of the very pathetic Seattle Seahawks. Uh, next question comes from <laughs> oh, hey, He's
1: got a very cute kid too. I, his avatar, I'm, I'm checking it out. I, See, mean, I always, I, like I always
0: look at these people. They, they submit questions, but I always check, and I, I, you know, I look. It's creepy, but I look. Uh, next question comes from. James Gordon, your pick for comeback player of the year.
1: <laughs> oh well, let me tell you. I'm going to do a little. I'm, it's rant time. Oh, I'm using the soapbox up.
0: Let me, wait, wait, hold on. Let me go get a drink. I'll be back.
1: <laughs> Listen, uh, MLS, dear MLS, give it up already with the comeback player of the year. It's a joke. Um, now here's the thing. There, the whole purpose of it, I get it, right? You, you, you have these great stories. Uh, of players overcoming adversity in the form of 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 career threatening injuries, season ending injuries, uh, and they overcome that. And they come back and they play well. The, the like the ideal, the ideal comeback player of the year story would be a story like that of a player who you know, let's say they got hurt, and missed the entire 2013 season, but then they come back in 2014 and score 20 goals. And, and, you know, that is a is a comeback story. That's a comeback. That's a true comeback player of the year. But you don't get those all the time. And uh, they have, you know, to have this award where you're scraping the by you're scraping hard for for candidates for the award. I mean, it just I mean, and there's been years where the winner of the award hasn't even understood why he's been up for the award. I'll never forget that. Uh, I think it was Bobby Convey who won it one year. And he was just like, "I don't know why I won. I played twenty something games last year, but somehow I'm the comeback player. um for my money, just go with the most improved player award and and just leave it at that, but I know that'll never be the case because you always have you know there's always that chance for that one uh comeback player story so you can do this whole dramatic oh, he overcame adversity." Uh, you know, thing, and you know what? You have those through the years, but I just think it's so. It just, I cringe, and this year is no different. This year, the list of candidates, and I, and, and these aren't finalists; these are candidates we're gonna they're gonna be voted on. The list of candidates just shows you how absurd this award is. Here, I'm gonna read them off, and I hope this isn't like, you know, private information. But I'm gonna, ra- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to i am going to i am going i do not care. Victor Yuyo, FC Dallas, who is coming back from not playing right he never he hadn't played this year he finally got a chance to play he's coming back from not being a player not being a regular chris pontius yes he's obviously overcome injuries he's coming off an injury he came back at the end of the year now he's gotten some games but um do you get an award because you, you you got hurt and you got healthy i mean i don't think you just should get an award for that uh david horst again another player serious injury came back uh he's been okay you know he's you could you know he's actually had a decent okay season heath pierce um obviously had a back thing uh that you know there were some questions about well, actually no i think he had hip was it a hip or a back he had an injury that cut short last season for him um and then you know he was able he had surgery cleared it up joined montreal Eh. like he's had an okay season nothing special charlie davies um Who's won? I believe he's won this award already. If I, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you still awake, uh, Garrett? Look that uh, oh, up. I'm sorry.
0: I just got back from my drink. Uh, Let's <laughs> check right now.
1: <laughs> Charlie Davies. Charlie Davies last year, you know, when he came back uh, and he was on loan with the Revs, they didn't play him, uh, and there were some questions that oh, they chose to sandbag him because they didn't want to have to pay a certain fee for him, so they didn't play him enough. But then they they brought him back anyway, um, and he's had a pretty good season for them. So credit to him. It's nice to see, but. You know, anyone who looks at him and says, "Oh, he come he's a comeback candidate because he came back from this the car accident. Look, the car accident was 6 years ago. He came back from that already and came to MLS and scored double-digit goals for DC United. So he's already come back from that, right? Ronnie Wallace. Ronnie Wallace came back from a torn 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 ACL last game of the playoffs last year. Uh came back and and is and had a nice second half uh for Portland. Uh, he's a decent candidate, decent kind of story. Stefan Fry, starting goalkeeper, Seattle Sounders, uh, coming back from being a backup in Toronto. That's his comeback. He's coming back from that. Is that, is that a, should you win an award for that? Not really. Um, Joe Bendik, who uh, is coming back from w- w- getting back the job that he lost when Toronto signed Julio Cesar. Um, Julio Cesar. Um, why is he up for this award? You got me. Toronto, I, they're really scraping. They're scraping here. Medi Belucci, Medi Bellucci, uh, Vancouver midfielder. Zero. Okay, he tore his ACL last year when he was. I think he was. I think he tore, he tore his ACL last year. He came back. He's he's played less than three hundred minutes. Has zero goals, zero assists. for Vancouver, and he's a and he's a candidate for this award. Now this list is exactly is exactly why this award I think is a joke. And the funny thing for me is I the reason I looked for the list tonight was because I was writing my uh column on the Columbus Crew and I was I wrote up I mentioned Ethan Finley and in my mind I'm like well given the convoluted criteria for a comeback player award Ethan Finley should be up for that right because he's you know he he he's come from doing nothing to now being a key player and then i go and look at the list he's not even on the list how is ethan finley how's how are some of these other guys on this list and ethan finley is not on this list explain that how is look victor yoa quietly uh and folks in dallas appreciate him but outside of dallas no one's realized victor yoa has really put together a nice season his first as a starter um but if he's on the list, how on earth is Ethan Finley not on the list? How? Explain this to me. Ridiculous. Uh Quincy Marqua Quincy Marquis's been great for Chicago this year. He 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 been in the league five years, not or however many years he's been in the league. Never was much of a factor this year. He has stepped it up and taken it to a new level. Make it why isn't he the comeback player? So for me, just go with the most improved player award, please. And that's why we do that on SBI. Uh, and you know, I think even gold.com, I think I've, I've, I've had us do come, uh, doing a most improved instead of comeback. Uh, I just think most improved is, is something you can kind of, you know, I think it would mean more than this kind of comeback thing, which is, you know, I I gotta say, I feel more often than not the people that win this award are, are almost kind of like, why, like, do we need this award? So I don't know. There you
0: go. Uh, looking back at previous comeback player of the year award winners, David Beckham won in 2011. Mm-hmm. Eddie Johnson won in 2012. See, I guess you could say because Eddie Johnson did not perform well when he moved over to uh, to Europe, but his last season in Major League Soccer, I was
1: before he moved over, he scored 15 goals for the Kansas City Wizards. So, well, yeah, he came back from his he came back from his career, from his career hitting rock bottom. That's what he came back. From. Yeah, so... but so, they, well, When did... What was the year Bobby Conby won it? Um, 2010. That was kind of the pinnacle of absurdity for this award because he, he he won the award. He had a good season in 2010, but it was as if he didn't even play in 2009. And he did. He played in, like, more than 20 games. And even Conby himself said it. Like, he didn't understand why he was even up for the award. And he won it. And he won it. It was, it was just... I don't know, man. I, I just... I think it's a reach sometimes... Uh, I, I think there was one year. Did Santino Corano win it one year? Santino Caranta? Um No, he did not. No. I think he was. I think he was up for it one year, and it was the thing where you know it came out about you know his substance abuse issues that he had to fight. Uh, and I was just I don't know. Like I, sometimes I just look at some of these things, and I'm just like, why bother? Um, but it is what it is. The league has it. You know, they they like their storylines, and uh, I think if anything, if they have to keep this award. I say also have a Most Improved Player Award. I agree. Moving on, Ivis. Uh, JJ
0: Valasquez asks, any leads on first surprise call-ups to November friendlies? Does Jurgen Klinsmann continue spat with Garber by not calling in MLS guys? Then he goes, hashtag just kidding.
1: Uh, yeah, if anything, I think it would be the opposite. I think I think he'd be calling in guys who are still in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right um yeah cuz why not right and and i think he will do that actually and i i think he'll do it just because why not it's the international break um and and mls has built that into their playoff schedule and uh it, it happens around the world right i mean guys have important games but they you know when national duty calls you play, you go play that's it is what it is so um it would be interesting though if he if he gave like a lee win his first call up uh his first call up under Klinsman, uh when uh if New England's still in the play, in, in, in the playoffs or, or any of these teams that are still in. And I think it'll happen. Here's my but, question.
0: Uh, when, when's Robbie Rogers going to get his call up again?
1: That'll come. January.
0: Yeah. I, but, that's, uh, I was thinking watching that uh, Galaxy Sounders game. I was like, man, Robbie Rogers guy's going to go into that January camp and just kill it.
1: He can. I like him. He, he looks good, man.
0: I mean, he's looked good all
1: season long, but, God, I mean, he really impressed me this past weekend. He just beasted everyone. He's legit. He's a legit left-back prospect, no doubt. Um, But I don't know. It's going to be interesting uh, to see if Klinsman calls in guys who he hasn't called in recently. Uh, Next question comes
0: from Basketball Bloke. I feel awful saying this, but is Bradley Wright Phillips tying the scoring record a bad thing given his reputation in England?
1: I'll I'll put it to you like this. Anyone who who will use that, will use his track record in England uh to suggest that oh that means the, the league is that mls is a bad league i mean i think those people don't respect mls anyway right um so i i mean i don't know he's had some good he's had some good years in, in england obviously he's not he wasn't an accomplished player where he got up to the premier league and and he never got to the levels of his brother or his father um but he's had a couple of seasons where he is he has shown himself to be a goal scorer even though it's been been in in lower divisions so I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily is a a bad thing, a bad thing for the league at all. Next question, I, This comes from
0: Paul Marchianti. Where does Juan Agudelo end up whenever his situation is finally sorted? Is it an issue of ego?
1: Uh, well, I don't. I don't get the ego question. I mean, I, the the reason he doesn't, I think he's holding out for Stoke. Uh, and I think now if this Cyprus passport thing, or you know, if he if he is able to secure an eu passport and can therefore play in the premier league i think he's going to end up signing with stoke and i think that there's a big i think there's money there for him i think there's a big deal that he's kind of committed to trying to land and if that is still on the table and if he gets that in january it, it, let's say the plan comes together based on the reports that are out there right uh you know if, if he gets the work permit stoke signs him He gets the deal that he originally was going to get when he first left MLS last year, a year from a year ago. Actually, it's only been a year since he left New England. Um, If he gets that deal, um, then you can kind of see why he waited. Because, I mean, from what I understand, there's a lot of money on the line in that deal. And it will make, you know, he's going to be a millionaire. Right. So uh, that being said, you can definitely look at it and say this guy should have uh, taken a different approach. He should have signed somewhere in the summer waiting uh, wasting half a year of his career this especially at such an important phase of his career is is crazy it's crazy and 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 he has the only he has himself to blame because i mean from what i understand there were offers on the table he had other opportunities that he personally chose to pass up and if, if this stoke city thing falls through if he doesn't end up signing with them in january um then he's really gonna he's gonna have to look in a mirror and really start asking himself what matters and what's important and, and whether maybe chasing the Premier League dream should t- take a backseat to really rebuilding his career because it's 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 going down a bad bad path. And the uh, next question comes from
0: Ruben Rodriguez, Houston Dynamo. Do you see them in a multi-year slump? Uh,
1: hmm. that's an interesting one, right? I mean, they're a team that. They've got some nice pieces, right? I mean, you, know, you still got Davis, who still has some miles I think left on his tires. Uh Boniek, I thought I, I feel like he took a step back this year. I just didn't see him be as dynamic maybe as he was in, in the past. Um they went and got Beasley who I, you know, really didn't show much at all. I think he was cruising. He was on cruise control after the World Cup. He got his he got his MLS payday and he seemed to kind of chill out a bit. But hopefully, you'd like to see him, uh, you know, turn it on for 2015. But it really depends on who the coach is, who they hire to come in and and replace Kinnear. Uh And I think until we see who that is, I I, I don't know if we can really pass judgment on uh, on what the future is going to hold for Houston. I mean, it's a, they're a tough one. They're a tough one because you can't, you know, you look at some other teams that have like a wealth of young talent, and you say, oh, a, a new coach coming in can mold that, but Houston, they've got a lot of older players, Ricardo Clark, Brad Davis, um, uh, Tally Hall now, is are they going to keep him with Tyler Derrick looking so good? You've got the expansion draft coming up. Do you protect Derrick and let, didn't let Hall go? Hall now with a torn ACL. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions there, a lot of questions there, but it all depends on who they hire as the coach before you can really say, oh, they're going to have a, a prolonged slump.
0: And that ends the SBI Q&A and ends what has been a pretty long show today, Ivis. Uh, before we wrap up and kill 20 more minutes, anything else we need to talk about before I let you go?
1: No, I think that's it, man. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm so awake right now. I, I'm, 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 I think all, these, all the fruits and vegetables that I'm having on my new diet have, are giving me all sorts of energy. So feeling good right now.
0: Nice, man. Nice. I had one Red Bull, so it's making me fall. Actually, I'm starting to crash now
1: i don't know i feel like i've heard you open three cans since
0: no it's one red bull i was mm-hmm. playing with like the nervous thing playing with it mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah that's what she said um but yeah no man i mean that's we'll, we'll we'll try to do a tuesday show uh so we can preview these these knockout round games uh, so yes. i feel like we covered them so in case we don't do a tuesday show don't go crazy we will absolutely have a uh well, that's the thing. Thursday night is Red Bulls. Yeah, we have to do a show on Tuesday, man. We will do a show. No, we don't have to do a show. But we'll definitely do a show Thursday night. Uh, So we'll have a show dropped on Friday to preview the conference semifinals. Okay, that works for me then. So,
0: I mean, we'll shoot for Tuesday. We'll okay. shoot for Tuesday. I like so that. that.
1: But you know how things happen. Things come up. So
0: Things do come up. But I'm free on Tuesday. As of right now, I'm not doing anything, so...
1: You don't have any ASU alumni barbecues? Nope. Game is
0: on Saturday night,
1: Ivis. Got nothing to do this weekend. Nice. Very nice. I don't get why
0: you give me crap for going to my college. I mean, dude, my team is ranked 15 in the nation. I'm allowed to go to these
1: games. (laughs) 15 in the Nice. That's pretty good.
0: Had no idea. I didn't know they were that good. Yeah, we are are doing pretty good this year. We got a big game against Utah on Saturday. And then Notre Dame the following week. So it's going to be great.
1: I just feel like you care more about football than you do soccer.
0: That's not that. Don't don't be reckless. All right, I
1: don't know. I think you need to. I need. I think you need to start watching more soccer.
0: I watch two sports: football and soccer, and that's it. I've right. given up baseball and basketball for soccer. So you're so supposed to you say
1: soccer. You're supposed to say soccer first. You didn't say soccer first. Oh my god! What are you? I'm just digesting you
0: know? what I'm. I mean, I'm not digesting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just letting you know, man, because you know how people are. People will start saying, "Ah, guy, it's a football guy." Ah.
0: I like watching. You like watching football too.
1: I no, I don't watch football anymore. Really? I, don't, I thought you no. did. I don't. I don't. It, it's so no. It's, seriously, it's it's de- it, football is really dead to me. Um, and that's what happens when you're a Redskins fan. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's also awesome true. Uh, so it, I mean, it's so funny that now it's to the point where like I still play fantasy football, but I don't even watch the games because I just like no, like I, I look at, I look up the stats, I look up the schedules, matchups, and then I watch. I and then I look at my score on my app, my 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 fantasy football, uh, league app. And that's all I do. I don't even watch the games. I don't watch the highlights because it's like Redskins play the Cowboys tomorrow. I, I'm not watching a minute of it. They're probably going to get smoked. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Football football is just not it for me. Now it's all about soccer. And then the, the other sports I watch are, M, are MMA, uh, UFC. I'm a big-time UFC fan, as I think most by now most re, uh, listeners know. And then I'm a boxing fan. So you know what? If there's UFC going on, I'm watching it. And if there's a good boxing match on, I'm watching it. But other than that... Uh, All the other sports just kind of have taken a backseat now. Soccer's just taken over my life.
0: Those those other sports, they're, they're too violent, man. I like boxing, but UFC and MMA, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I am don't like that stuff. Come on. I,
1: what are you talking about? But you like football? Come on.
0: No, well, my only thing with UFC is I don't like it when a guy gets knocked out, then the guy runs over and gives him like a little clean shot to the face when he's on the ground. That's the only part I hate about it. I can't stand that part.
1: Yeah, but the referee is supposed to step in. And well, usually... I know,
0: but, like, I, dude, getting punched in the face sucks. If anyone's got punched in the face, you know how much it sucks. And Like, I can imagine this guy's already been – he's got his ass handed to him for about 20 minutes, and the guy at the variant comes up and, you know, bombs him in the face. Like, that, 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 so, that Oh, hurts.
1: so you're – That's a bad about, that guy. So you're talking about when the guy's already out and yeah, like yeah, the and other get, guy they gets, get like another shot punch. in? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you're That's when my only out. issue. Now, here's the thing. When you're knocked out – you're not gonna like. You don't feel that other shot. You're already knocked out.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a fair enough point. But still. it makes
1: you. It, it, it's just your kind of sensibility. It's just because you're like kind of a you know little scared cat. But that's not okay. <laughs> a little. You'll watch. Oh, okay. you'll watch the walk. Okay, you'll watch Walking Dead. Yeah, that's not scary. You watch. You 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 watch Walking Dead. But but if a guy punches a guy who's already knocked out, then then you're gonna. Well, puke the Walking the Dead's a TV show. Like it's yeah but it's guts and limbs and blood and, and, and really and brains and eyeballs popping out. First off, but I have I got, enough
0: I have enough walking dead dreams. Like I have zombie dreams now from I like I'll wake up with like zombie dreams now. So I guess it kind of gets to me a little bit, but UFC's a little it's it's too intense for me, man. I mean, come on. What do you want from me?
1: I I get it, man. You're a lover not a fighter. So you probably When's the last time When's the last time you had a fight? Uh I got KO'd
0: it was in the Bahamas Uh, these two guys were about to get into a fight and then I stupidly was like don't fight and then the guy used some choice words against me because this guy was trying to fight this guy because it was American versus Canadian. And I was hanging out with the Canadian guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, never defend Canadians ever again. So so the American guy was like, don't fight. he goes, you know, blah, blah, blah to me. And I was like, dude, I'm American. And the guy was like 6'5". He goes, oh, yeah. And then just, I mean, clocked me right in the face. And the, and the worst part, like, it was a bar on the street on an island. So there I'm, like, passed out in the middle of the street. A fight erupts and, like... I woke up the next day. I was on vacation with my parents, and I had this just welt on my face. And then and then he went through my face into my right shoulder. So I had a welt on my face and a welt on my right shoulder. I, I was cool. hurting for about a couple of days. Jesus. Yeah, man. I got KO'd. And that's when I was like, I am never, ever going to get involved in anything ever again.
1: No wonder you don't like uh, in, uh, in yeah, combat. Yeah, getting
0: punched in the face sucks.
1: So maybe if you punch someone else, then you'd feel you like it. <laughs> You've
0: seen how big I am. You think I'm gonna hurt someone in the face if I punch them? I'll hurt my <laughs> I'll hurt myself if anything. <laughs> well, I feel bad now.
1: I feel bad. I feel like we got to go find this guy and punch you in the face. No, dude, this is all dude,
0: this is all stuff you're supposed to do when you're young, dumb, and stupid. I mean, I'm still dumb and stupid, not, but I'm not young anymore.
1: Though. <laughs> well, look, I will tell you what, UFC is pretty good, man. It's a pretty good sport. I, know. I, I I do like it. it I just that's it's my only issue It's not. With I'll it. tell you what, it's not as brutal as it is not as brutal as it used to be. That's all I'll say. Really? Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot I tell you what, there's a lot of soccer players. there's a lot of MLS players who are big time USC fans.
0: Really? Great. And they're probably listening to the show being like, Garrett guys are Yeah, I know. (laughs)
1: You're gonna have people threatening to punch you in the face and see how you react. Oh God.
0: Oh god. I will flinch. I will be like (laughs)
1: It's all right, man. As long as you're with me, you're right. You don't gotta worry about it. That
0: is true. You always do say that. But nothing's ever happened though, so Yeah, we'll see. Except for that one guy that bought me that stupid Cosmopolitan. He got, ah! he, got he got away. <laughs>
1: I'd say, yeah. Well, hopefully, wherever MLS Cup is, you're there. <sighs> I know,
0: no. dude. I'm still trying to work it.
1: <laughs> She's asleep.
0: She's asleep, so I can talk about it right now. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> the leash is off. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, don't be stupid. <laughs> All right. This is definitely the longest show ever. So, sure uh,
0: I Yeah, I think it is at this point. All right, look. I'm going to let you go. All right, Avis? So yes, I'll sir. talk to you on Tuesday, okay?
1: Yeah, yes, sir. One last thing. If you haven't given us one before, please Hook us up with an iTunes review. Uh, I'm feeling kind of we're, we're feeling a little neglected over here. I don't feel like we've gotten many lately. No, we haven't. It's um, been like a two months or something like that. Yeah, no. Hook us up. Give us some feedback if you get a chance. That that definitely help us out. So thanks for that in advance. Yes, we we do appreciate. It. And we like I said, we read all the
0: comments. We're always trying to improve the show. So please let us know.
1: Yes, sir. Let us know how how much you love the intro music because we're always I'm always on the hunt for new new songs. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you miss it though. Ah,
0: come
1: on. On point, always, always. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna let you go. It's pretty. uh, I mean, might as well be going to get breakfast now at this point for you. So,
1: hitting the gym, man. Going on late, early morning for you. (laughs) Actually, yeah, I'm just going to bed. I was gonna try to go to the gym, but I'm going to bed, and I'll go in the morning. There you go. There you go. All right, Ives.
0: I'm gonna let you go, man. You have a good. You have a good couple days. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. All right. All right, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. That's Ivis Kolarcic. I'm Gary Cleverly This is the SBS show.